Hey everybody, it's your buddy Jack. I know it's been a minute since I've um, shared some, <laughs> shared some, I don't know. I was going to say the word wisdom, <laughs> uh, but that might not be the case. Some of you might uh, get a little something out of um, what I share. Um, some of you might not, you know, and that's okay. Um, it's okay. If you don't, you know, then maybe you can share it with somebody who will. Sometimes, that's what a pastor friend used to tell me, sometimes the message wasn't for you, right? Sometimes the message wasn't for you, it was for you to hear. Um, and then you do whatever you feel led to do after that, right? And sometimes it is about gaining some information um, that you can use to help someone else. And there's not a thing wrong with that. Not a thing wrong with that. So hopefully, you know, one or the other happens. You get something out of it or, you know, um, you get enough out of it to help or share um, uh, with someone else. It's all good. Glad you guys are here. If you're a returning listener, gosh, I thank you so much. I thank you so much. I listen to, I get percentage rates and that kind of thing as I um, look at some of the data that Spotify has and I really, really love seeing this podcast grow. Um, all of you guys from other countries outside the U.S., thank you so much. I absolutely do appreciate you. <clears throat> um, also, I get a lot of feedback on, on a handful of um, the information I shared. I thank you for that. Right? Get some, I wouldn't call it negative. Just some people, you know, disagree with points that I make, and that's fine. Um, you know, there's variations in ways in just about everything I share uh, on how you can look at it, right? Again, I'm just speaking uh, and coming from my own professional and personal experience. Um, and, you know, obviously that's not the end-all point of view or the perfect point of view or the only point of view. Uh, a lot of you guys may have different experiences and can either add to um, um, some of the things that are shared here, uh, or maybe make great points to debate some of the things that are share, shared here, and that's okay. Uh, again, I've never professed to be some sort of spiritual guru, <laughs> right? All I can go by is um, what my experiences are professionally and personally, um, whether they're you know um, personal experiences in those two areas or things I've observed um, in those two areas. So, um, that's how I get my topics of discussion. Cause you know, where I'm looking for overall recovery, uh, if you're a returning listener, you know, I've said that a time or two overall recovery, the name of the podcast is recovery and family, right? So no, I don't always just simply, um, target, um, alcoholism or drug addiction, specific issues right because truth be told i've learned long long time ago that alcoholism and drug addiction can be the symptoms of other things and so i do like to touch on a lot of what those other things are right no depression doesn't always lead to substance abuse um child abuse doesn't always lead to substance abuse right there's some space there 
uh, um, to, you know, I don't know, take a second look at it. You know, but in a lot of cases where there is substance abuse present, uh, you can find that it's linked to something else, right? Whether it's resentment, fear, anger issues like me, uh, depression or anxiety issues like me, right? Those kinds of things. Uh, um, I, I was known forever to be, I would medicate that stuff. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the reasons as part of the personal experience um, of me medicating my own issues. I know that it happens. I know that it happens. So just a little snippet there about me um, for any new new listeners. If, and if you are a new listener, thank you uh, for joining. Um, I hope some of the things that I share, if you go back and listen or continue to listen from this point, I hope things that I share, um, you know, hit home or at least shed some light on some of the things that you or maybe a loved one is, is struggling with. So what I want to talk about today is, is it true? Do hurt people hurt people? Right? We hear it all the time in the recovery world that people that are hurting tend to hurt other people. I say yes. I watch it happen. You may be able to debate that, and that's okay. But I feel like in my professional and personal life, I literally have watched uh, that happen, and I really truly feel like I've done that. On some of my most depressed days, I've lashed out at people, right? Um, And I think that that uh, is pretty common pretty common so when people get hurt in a relationship and do not receive healing uh for their wounds what do they do with them right what happens with it they don't receive healing uh, from their wounds they have a logical and defensible tendency to become protective against more pain that's what happens we become protective Right and defensive, so that we don't, hopefully, don't get hurt anymore. A wound that doesn't receive attention remains sensitive. When's the last time you had a scratch or a scrape, and you get to picking at it, maybe out of habit, it doesn't quite heal like it should. A person becomes weary of being relationally cut you following that relationally cut or damaged again the younger the younger one is when unattended hurt begins the more weary they become of a potential reoccurrence the weariness that becomes defensiveness becomes common sense to the wounded person right being defensive just becomes common sense to protect themselves. Even logical and defensible, right? In their minds, it just makes sense. Why wouldn't I protect myself from being hurt like this again? Because just, uh, uh, or but just because it is understandable does not make the consequences to others justifiable. Yes, you're hurt. Yes, you're defensive and trying to protect yourself. But it doesn't mean you have to be ugly 
to other people, right? If you've been listening for a while, you've heard me say um, that free speech and hate speech are not the same, right? We get it. A lot of people have been hurt in their life. A lot of people have been used in this scenario, cut before in their life, but that doesn't mean you have to bleed on those that aren't the ones that hurt you. The, the defense that protects can eventually become the defense that damages or ability to encourage in life, right, fully with full-hearted participation, right? It damages our ability to engage in life fully. Mm, that's good stuff. Listen, the defense that protects can eventually become the defense that damages our ability to engage in life fully with full-hearted participation. You hold back. Full-hearted participation, meaning a person is fully engaged physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, is a good definition of courage. It takes courage to get involved with someone at every one of those areas, right? The defenses that protect us can eventually become the diminishment of our courage. Mm. I've always seen people get into new relationships and for some reason cannot trust. This person is not the one that hurts you. But if for some reason it's the one that you're prepared to be hurt by, so you hold back trust. And on top of that, you look for all things wrong. You know, if you go looking for things and you look hard enough, you'll find it. And then you find yourself alone again. Next relationship, you find all the things wrong. You separate. You do it again and again and again. That's damage, right? That's damage. And sometimes you hurt the other people in the process. The defensiveness that protects us can eventually become the diminishment of our courage. The defense, right? The defense of our hearts requires um, that we wear armor around our hearts or put our hearts in a hard-shelled box of protection. If the willpower of protection continues too long, we become protected, right? Ironically, against receiving and trusting the love we actually need. So you're not only, you can't hardly select, you're protecting yourself. You've got this armor around your heart to protect yourself from bad things. But the armor is so closed up and tight that it also keeps you from receiving the good things the love and care from other people that we do cherish. And tragically, our lack of vulnerability can hurt um, the very people we wish um, to love. In other words, hurt people hurt people. To stop hurting others because of our defensiveness, we must push through our protection against hurt 
to love again and to stop the damage that willpower can cause. Man, to truly, truly get immersed in love and joy and peace. You have to take the chance and put your let your guard down. I know that's scary. I know that's scary. I have seen and have experienced myself you know, different forms uh, um, of justifiability. If we want to call it reasons for why these things happen, or you know, give justification for why some people hurt people, right? As a protection um, that eventually harm that do eventually harm everyone. We would love or harm those that would love us. Awareness of our defensiveness and admission of our defensiveness can be the first moments of returning to full life again. You have to be willing, right? We defend ourselves from pain through resignation. A person who survives in resignation has resigned from the experience of living fully by saying, I will not be bothered by life or I will not be bothered by people again, right? That really, really creates some disconnect. These people practice being removed emotionally or keep themselves from caring too much. Now imagine that scenario, okay? People who practice removing or being removed from emotions and or keep themselves from caring too much. How do you manage an intimate relationship with that mindset? How do you parent? Mm, How do you parent with that mindset? Mm. They practice the philosophy of false acceptance that precludes the tough grief work that comes with caring. Essentially, these people will say, life is crap sandwich and one can eat it or starve. That's a funny saying, life is a crap sandwich. Right? But some people do view life that way. It's just this perpetual circle of people hurting people. And you protect yourself as though that were true. And you never allow anyone in. You never allow anyone in. That's not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. Right? You hinder growth. Sometimes we defend ourselves from pain through defiance right people who protect themselves through defiance reject their own neediness of others with poor attitude i will not be in need mentality i don't need anyone they have a fist clenched against everyone who could put them in a position of admitting their own vulnerability 
right? They're prepared to fight back and take stance on their thoughts and beliefs and protect their emotions. They become withdrawn, silent, or more aggressive by trying harder or being more determined when treated by what uh, they perceive as anything that robs them of self-sufficiency. They feel challenged in any way to either double down or tuck tail and run. They have contempt towards their own vulnerability that needs, right? They have contempt towards their own vulnerability. Contempt towards those who would render them vulnerable. The tragedy tragedy is that love can only be experienced through our capacity to be vulnerable and through accepting the vulnerability of another. So you're working against the grain, right? You really kind of, what's that old saying I used to hear all the time? Something about you shot yourself and shot yourself in the foot with that decision. Or with that behavior, right? <coughs> You're protecting yourselves from the very things or the very thoughts or the very emotions you're going to need to connect with someone. Why do we do that? Because we've been hurt. Right? Because we've been hurt. And again, don't get me wrong. Nobody's trying to minimize your lifelong ache and pain, whatever it is that you've gone through, right? Perception is everything. It's real to you, and that's what matters. That's what matters, right? You've been abused in this area or that area, right? Um, maybe loss of loved ones, bad relationships, all those kinds of things. They do damage to people. But what I suggest is that you not go into the next relationship until... You heal from this one so you don't carry this sort of mentality, right? That that baggage manifests. Baggage from one relationship into the next, that baggage is what manifests this here. It keeps you spun so tight that there's no vulnerability, right? There's barely the capacity um, to love. And so when that stuff is shielded so tightly, you can't open up enough to allow someone to feel that way about you and reciprocate that back because of the damage. We defend ourselves from pain through compromise. That happens too, right? We defend ourselves through pain by compromise. The defense of compromise communicates the following. I will give myself to emotional risk based on the amount of risk you take. However much I feel like you invest in this relationship, I'll meet that, that emotional amount. Right? Well, you invest, I'll invest. You invest, I'll invest. Oh my gosh, you can't live in a relationship like that. While it seems logical at first, compromise in a relationship is a form of of demanding that the other person has to prove him or herself over and over again, and it is never enough. The other person has the experience of never being able to do enough. 
I will give 50% if you will give 50%. It never adds up to 100%, people. Although that process may work in business, it is destructive in loving relationships. Destructive in loving relationships, right? Healthy relationships require that a person be 100% emotionally involved and invested with the daring hope that the other person will do the same. Yeah, it is a risk. It is a risk. And hurt people do hurt people. And that hurting is also a roadblock to allowing you to love others and leaving the space for them to to love you. Right? It's difficult. But we do. We do it. We do it. And I don't understand why. Well, let me take that back. I do get it. I do understand it. Right? Maybe I can paint the picture in a, in a, in a, in a short way. Alcoholics and addicts, due to their behavior, their um, random mood changes, uh, sometimes deep, dark sadness between that and sometimes aggression, right? We tend to hurt the ones closest, you know? Um, if you're an older child that lived with your parents, you tend to do things and say things that hurt them. Um, spiritually, emotionally, right? Because they're your parents and they care. Or if it's a spouse, right? You tend to do things and say things that hurt them. Right? In return, as it escalates, when they become more and more frustrated, more and more fearful and more and more tired of what's going on, they too begin to say and do hurtful things. And so there it is. You got two hurt people hurting each other, right? So hurt people do hurt people. And I do understand why. And I understand why the lack in trust can cause you to behave in a relationship that you probably wouldn't normally, you know, a way you wouldn't normally behave um, as a protective measure. But then you tend to do and say things that hurt them. We also, we, we, de- we defend ourselves, finally, through cowardice. Cowardice is sometimes a way, right? The defense of cowardice I'm not calling anybody a coward. Just saying this is kind of how it's used as a protective measure. We defend, right? The defense of cowardice is a willful, determined concentration on never having to experience the vulnerability of being human. It is an attempt to, right? It is an attempt to eradicate human pain by saying, I will do whatever it takes to block myself from being exposed. Man, you cannot live life like that. This form of refusal of one's own vulnerability is the most powerful defense a hurt person 
can conjure. It requires that every situation be experienced as a threat. Every situation being experienced as a threat, that is a bad, sick place to be. Bad, sick place to be. It eradicates the possibility of love because the defensive position is a commitment to seek the advantage at all times. Do you really, come on now, every time someone says, I love you, do you feel like they're really pitting for position on a way to overpower you or take you over um, or be taking advantage of you? You know, but I'll tell you this, if you've experienced love in a situation where that has happened, I get it. But not everybody's going to do that. Not everybody's going to do that. Cowardice leaves no room for relationship attachment. The hurt, the coward never healed, becomes a position of vengeance against everyone. Oh my gosh. It becomes a position of vengeance against everyone. That sounds like a lonely, lonely place to be. Love can only be experienced through our capacity to be vulnerable and through accepting the vulnerability of another. Right? So, fortunately, most of us do not have the willpower to achieve this most damaged, dangerous form of refusal. We still remain hungry for connection to others. Luckily, that is what happens most of the time. Even if we've been hurt and still aren't quite sure how to navigate a relationship, we still have that longing for that spiritual and emotional connection of others. Most of us have um, the uh, ironic good fortune of knowing that we are hurting. We have not been able to conjure up full-blown willpower to block ourselves from caring about others. Thank God for that. Thank God that we, most cases, we don't allow ourselves to get to a place where we have just totally lost empathy and sympathy for others. Nevertheless, the other three defenses of resignation and defiance and compromise can create great pain and others who would love us. The solution to our willpower is willingness. The willingness is experienced or expressed in the courage to become vulnerable again. It requires a return to our original hopes, our original courage, and of course, the origin of our defenses and pain. Maybe we can go back a little bit and try to heal from those things, right? By becoming, <clears throat> by becoming more aware of our defenses uh, or our defensive stances, admitting their origins and acknowledging our need for change, we can take the steps we need to heal. The process of change through admission can let us be loved again. 
Don't you just want to be loved again? Right? That admission can let us be loved again and let us love others. Healthy relationships require that a person be 100% emotionally invested and involved. Most importantly, it lets us become willing to hurt again. And I know that sounds scary. It does sound scary to knowingly put yourself and willingly put yourself in a situation to possibly be hurt again. But I can tell you this. My wife and I have been married for 23 years, and it's still not perfect. Right? We don't argue. We're not the arguing or, or, or bickering type. You know, sometimes we have some short, quick debates, but we don't argue. Um, because I'm not a right fighter. I don't have to be right. She's not a right fighter. She doesn't need to be right. That's not what, you know, that's most of the root of most arguments. If someone is bound and determined to be right, that's not us. Right? But this still doesn't make, I don't think there's a such thing as a perfect marriage. Right? So, love hurts. Those people who rediscover that love, uh, uh, rediscover that love is worth the pain, also find uh, that they hurt far fewer people along the way um, in living fully again. Right when you can just come to some gain, gain some acceptance on the fact that you know there's sometimes and there's gonna be some days where being in love hurts a little, right? But if you gain some acceptance on that and you work through it and process it and do what you need to do and in, in healing from it, you hurt you hurt others a lot less, right? Because you figured it out. Right? You're beginning to learn how to live fully. And because of that, you tend to figure out how you can love deeply again. But there's a few things that can hold that back. Let's talk about some things that can be the root of not allowing yourself to get there. One is self-dislike. When people can't like themselves, no matter how good of a front they put on, they are likely to protect themselves uh, or protect this dislike onto or project, that's what it is, project this dislike onto others. Particularly if this self-dislike stems from abusive behavior, which they have experienced in the past. They will engage in hurtful behaviors toward those people they love. Right? replicating their own lived experience. They may be dry, driven by a desire to hurt you in the same way they have been hurt, to bring you down and cause you pain in the same way they have experienced it. If you are with someone who is driven to cause hurt because of self-dislike and you want to stay with them, they must get help for their own issues. If they don't get this help, they'll keep on repeating this same pattern. Right. Then there's this other one. They have an agenda. 
Often people hurt others unintentionally, but sometimes people deliberately set out to hurt others. If your partner puts you down in front of others, it may make her feel superior or make him feel superior. Right? There's women out there that do this too. Unfortunately, it's more often men that do some of that degrading sort of condescending tone, you know, and, and to towards their significant other in front of other people. And that's not cool, by the way. If she criticizes you, name calls, or puts down your achievements, it may make her feel like she has power within the relationship. He or she may want you to be in a weakened position so that he or she can become dominant with the relationship and create a power imbalance which is in their favor. Hurting others can be part of a strategy to weaken you. Mm. I don't even know where to go with that. Right? If you got someone who's hurt, and maybe it's because someone down the line in their life has kept them down, they're trying to return the favor and trying to put you down and keep you down. Mm. If you become aware that your partner is engaging in these types of behaviors, it is important to raise these issues with your partner and to ask them to seek help. You should also seek help for yourself and may have to consider leaving that relationship. Don't let that go on for year after year after year. Mm. Another one. They enjoy inflicting pain on others some people enjoy the process of hurting other people again this actually stems from a deeply disturbed and potentially abusive childhood or young adulthood they may be acting out things which have taken place in their own life this time with them as the abuser and may experience a thrill from hurting you. Inflicting pain on you may be a distraction from their own pain, a way of getting even for things which have happened to them in a way uh, um, to feel something deeply, right? It just creates this deepening feeling of winning Right, which makes them uh, makes them uh, make sense to them. I've been hurt. It's okay to get you hurt. Right, it makes sense, given their experiences. It's I don't man. I wish people could notice this in in themselves, and really not drag that kind of baggage into. A relationship with an unsuspecting significant other. Of course, those are not the only reasons or influences that I've mentioned. People also hurt others uh, due to things like uh, maybe they're struggling with low empathy. They don't know how to empathize with people. 
I did mention the self-dislike. For some reason, they find it hard to like themselves or care for themselves or love themselves. And of course, everyone knows about low self-esteem. Sometimes these kinds of behaviors can stem from that kind of thing too. Hurt people hurt people. The hard part, finding yourself, right? Finding yourself or finding yourself uh, in a relationship. The, the attracted, right? Some people are attracted. If you're always in a hurtful relationship, some people attract that because you're easily hurt. People can sense that. And some people are attracted to you because of that, because they get a sense that you're easily hurt. I know that sounds strange. Why would someone be attracted to someone? that they get a sense is easily hurt. I think it's a power move. That's why. This can be a hard pill to swallow, but we don't choose people by accident. Subconsciously, we choose people who fit in with our unconscious understanding of the world. And if your partner is someone who inflicts hurt on other people for all the above reasons, they may have chosen you because they see you as someone who will respond appropriately to their behavior. They want to see you hurt. Just as your partner might repeatedly um, repeatedly attract people who can be hurt, you might be attracted to relationships in which you are hurt. Mm. So just like the person that's attracted to you subconsciously, because they sense your vulnerabilities and you're easily hurt, you might also, on the opposite side of that coin, be seeking those types of people out. Mm. If you grew up with a parent who was abusive towards you, whether emotionally or physically, you may be attracted to a partner who acts in the same manner. Man, I've always said, especially with my friends with daughters, your daughter's going to look for a guy like you. And if you're abusive verbally or physically, emotionally, to your wife or your significant other, and your daughter's watching you treat her that way, that's the guy. You are the guy, unfortunately, that she is going to end up with. So straighten your act up, would you? Because when the cycle repeats itself and your daughter lands, oh my gosh, mm. Your daughter ends up with someone like you. I don't know. I don't know. How are you going to do that? Just some things you just don't have answers for. But truly, if that's you, and you're verbally, physically, emotionally abusive 
to your wife or girlfriend and you got a daughter who's watching, stop it. Jeez. Someone can only be hurtful to you if you're prepared to play your part. Mm. If you have a history of being in relationships where someone intentionally hurts you, you should seek out help for your own issues. It might be your picker, right? If you don't know how or can't seem to pick the right guy or the right girl, then get some help for some of that bottled up, turbulent junk that's going on in your life. Whether it's dealing with some thoughts or feelings or some emotions, baggage you haven't cleared up. Get it done. It's the only way we can get away from how hurt people hurt people. Mm. Hope you got something out of this podcast. Please share it with a friend. And and yeah, um, if you can see where you can um, ask questions or respond, please. Feel free to. I get a lot of good stuff, and I appreciate you. I do. I appreciate you a lot. Thank you for your time. Hope to talk to you again soon. Appreciate it. Bye for now. Yeah.